everybody, it's Adrian Ash over here at Fanatomy. Um, I'm just going to get right to the point, y'all. John Snodgrass is weird. Like, the weirdest man I've ever met, but in a very cool way. I mean that in the kindest, coolest way possible, because the dude is just going to take you on a ride every time the two of you have a conversation. Um, he is the type of person that will walk up to you and start singing you a conversation and, uh, you know, you just, you just gotta roll with it, man. He's a fun guy, like, you know, like a, a fun, not a fun guy that grows in the forest, but a fun guy that you run into and just feel like you've known your entire life because he's just so warm and welcoming and funny and goofy. Um, but John was a great guest to have on the show. He is the front man of a group called John Snodgrass and Buddies, which is basically just him and a bunch of his friends playing music together. Um, he did a record with Frank Turner called Buddies uh, about 10 years ago, and then they just recently released Buddies 2. Um, and it, yeah, it was really cool just to hear him like bullshitting with Frank about life and um, playing all these fun songs together. Uh, Stefan from Descendants um, is the guitar player of Descendants, but he played the drums on a song on that record, and, and then he played guitar, and there's like a whole song about it. Anyway, I'm getting carried away. John Snodgrass is a cool dude. He was in that band Armchair Martian in the 90s. Was in a band? Isn't a band? I'm not sure. Um, Armchair Martian, uh, I saw play at the Blasting Room 25th anniversary show. It was a real good time. Um, and then he was also in Drag the River with uh, Chad Price, the um, the singer from All, or one of the one of the singers from All. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, John came on the show to talk about All, which is the band that put out the Descendant. Okay, so All is Descendants. Descendants is All. Now that we have that out of the way, um, Descendants made a record called All, and then. Right afterwards, Milo left to go do other stuff, and then all became the band, and then there there were a bunch of records put out under all, and then there was another Descendants record, and you know, all is kind of what Descendants tend to do whenever they're not being Descendants, they're being all. Um, and, uh, you know, honestly, that's the first time I've ever heard of a band doing that, and I thought it was really cool. Um, but John was uh, a pretty important figure in my life. Um, he books at a bar called Surfside 7 here in Fort Collins. And whenever I first moved to Colorado, it was really hard for me to get gigs um, in anywhere that wasn't like a living room or a garage or something. Um, not Nothing against DIY. I was just trying to establish a scene in as many places as possible. And, you know, John gave us a shot by booking Plasma Canvas at Surfside 7, and that was how we were able to start, you know, carving out a little spot for ourselves here in Fort Collins, and uh, the rest is kind of history. So it was cool to get John to come on the show and talk about all and Descendants and pizza and, gosh, everything else. The dude brought an acoustic guitar and just played me songs pretty much the entire time he was here, so that was interesting but cool and fun. And, um, yeah, I hope y'all really enjoy the show. You're going to get a kick out of how it ends because there is no green room episode. The show ended very suddenly and hilariously. Um, but I will let y'all just find out exactly how that happens. So without further ado, I'm going to hop off this microphone and let y'all 
sink your teeth into this fat, meaty episode with Mr. John Snodgrass. I don't know why I said it like that. John Snodgrass from John Snodgrass and Buddies, Armchair Martian, Drag the River. Here we go. That brand. <laughs> Sound check on the over. new tune. Oh yeah. Anyways, so there we go. Can you hear the good guitar? Because I do that all the time. I just talk. And yeah, do that. Do that one more time. Do that whole thing. Like yeah, because you said Adrian Rash. That's so funny. Is that not right? That's right, isn't it? No, it's it's uh, it, my middle name oh, is Ash. Ray. I said yeah. Oh, Rash but I think is good, it's though. funny to say Rash sometimes. Okay. me <laughs> podcast. Adrian Rash. Sometimes the name is not always the name. Not always the name. Adrian Ash is the name, and Fatim Fantanomy Podcast is the name of the game. Okay, anyway. All right. Oh man! Hey, where'd you? A hell of a way to. Where'd your buddy go? What? Where'd your buddy go? Oh, Johnny. Johnny's hanging out. Um, so basically, he just hangs out to like take care of technical stuff behind the scenes, and you know, I'm the one that actually talks to people. Well, I know, but you know, I kind of liked him too. I, I appreciated his help. Nice, yeah, cool dude. Tell him thanks. Yeah, he yeah. Talks. Thanks, Johnny. So are we rolling? Thanks, thanks Johnny. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right. Not of me. Friend of me, Adrian Rash. Maybe that's better. How about that one? Yeah, there you go. I'll make you, it's a hell of a way to bring us in. <laughs> I'll make about 10 of them during the show. That's what I like to do. I'm all jacked up on coffee now. So here we go. So, oh, hell yeah. That's that's the way that's the way we need to be, dude. So uh so how's the yeah, show been going? Thanks for it's it's good it's good i'm having a great day i just like i spent all morning making demos on my laptop and stuff and it's been a good morning how are you man i'm well i'm well thanks for having me i appreciate it for sure it's uh it's nice to have you here on this uh nasty day in fort collins it's kind of windy and rainy and gross outside so i didn't take the morning walk that i usually take but i did work on music all morning so that was cool yeah i hear you that's it's so weird like god it just like tricks you two or three times like all the time like living here and you think oh it's springtime and then it fucking snows it's crazy it's insane. Yeah, they call it like, you know, there's there's like seven or eight seasons. There's like winter and then fool's spring and then like actual spring and then like late winter. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I remember a couple of years ago, it snowed in May, like right before I went on tour and it was just the weirdest shit and it was gone like two days later. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, but you know what? I love living here. I don't, I, uh, this is where I choose to live and I kind of don't really want to live anywhere else. Like I try to think about, uh, the weather in other places, you know, like both of us were fortunate to get to travel around and see spots and man, mm -hmm. it's, it's awesome here. This is a good place. Like we're fucking lucky. It's like Switzerland. here. Yeah, dude. It's yeah, for real. It's a, uh, it's pretty cool because like, you know, you, you get all of the seasons, but you don't like, 
you know, the only one that's like super duper intense is winter. Like it gets pretty hot here, but it never gets like sweltering. Like I grew up in Missouri where it's just like swimming in dirty water all summer long. So yeah, it's too. nice to not have all that humidity. Have we never talked about that? Missouri? I don't know. Yeah. I grew up in St. Joseph, Missouri. Oh, yeah. I feel where, like we have talked about that before, yeah. or at least mentioned it in yeah. passing a little where bit. The, where the Pony Express began and Jesse James ended, they like to say. There's a sign <laughs> as you drive into town. So there's that. You got a song about St. Joe? Uh, no, but we could probably make one up. <laughs> yeah i mean you looked like you were about to play something so i was like okay yeah he's probably got a song about saint joe dude's think, got a song about everything <laughs> no i think i'm just i mean where we're sitting um this is like when it's been cold like i brought my gear back in here into my bedroom uh when i'm working on stuff and I'm, i've been working on stuff lately and uh it's just uh, if you could see where i'm at i mean this is just where all my where all my shit is so my guitar's right there and just you know you know how it is you just oh, yeah. ha- having a guitar in your lap is just kind of what you're comfortable with a guitar or a cat it just depends yeah. you know what i mean um the cat's right there uh laying on my clothes uh and i wonder why sometimes i'm itchy i'm i'm allergic to cats <laughs> Uh, but you know, it's fine though. Like, um, it's okay. I just can't really like rub them up in my eyes, which you shouldn't do anyways. And nowadays, (laughs) uh, you know how we need to really keep our hands clean even more than normal. Mm -hmm. Um, it's actually, it's actually good because it just, uh, not that I didn't wash my hands before, but, uh, I definitely make sure to do it now even more because it just ruins my eyeballs. It's bad news. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I am so happy that I'm not allergic to cats because like my cat and I would not be able to handle that. My cat's very needy. What's your cat's name? Her name is PJ, uh, short for PJ Harvey Dent. (laughs) Ah, interesting. Cool. That's cool. You got a little double, like a Fugazi Osborne type thing going on. What do you call that? Whenever you you tie the two names together. A double entendre. Is that what it is? I was going to try to to pun something there, but like I didn't have nothing to pun to. Yeah. Double entendre. (laughs) Uh, All right. Bitching. Well, congrats on getting the bar back up and running. I'm excited to come have like some nasty ass pizza, some super greasy pizza. Nasty. I'm excited. Well, I mean, nasty in the good way, you know, I mean, like you don't want a clean, nice pizza pizza. You want like the sloppy goodness. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I do. I do. I, uh, I gotta tell you, uh, you know, you, I take it for granted, you know, it's cause it's our place, but like, um, I love that pizza. Oh, dude, me too. That shit's good. And like, there was like this guy, this happens all the time. And seriously, with everything, I I have no ego about anything because it doesn't matter. You know, we're all going to die. It doesn't matter. Who cares? But uh, I mean, I'm proud of stuff, you know, but like, it just doesn't even matter. And there is, there's always someone that comes in and, uh, and they're like, so what kind of pizza is it? You know, like. I'm like it's you know it's New York pizza. I'm like okay, 
well, I'm from New York. And I'm like, okay. And then my joke is always like, my favorite place to get pizza in New York is Connecticut. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, cause there's this place called Sally's. And if you know, it's kind of a, it's a famous, I mean, no New Yorker really will agree with that, but there are people from New York that drive up to Sally's to get pizza. You know, it's, it's a true fact. That's famously where Frank Sinatra would like fly pizzas out to Palm Springs, um, from Connecticut, from this place called Sally's. Anyways, that being said, uh, someone's like, I don't know, but I'm I'm nice about it. Like, I don't care. I don't say like, well, why don't you just try it? Um, I'm like, okay, well, you'll see. Let me just see if you like it. And then they're always pretty congratulatory about it. Like, they're like, wow, this is yeah, this is pretty legit. I'm like, okay, cool, thanks. Yeah, it's <laughs> you know pretty I mean? good shit. Everyone know? likes to argue, you know, about stuff, right? Isn't that weird? Like pizza, <laughs> yeah. like pizza, you can't argue about pizza or barbecue food or uh, tacos, you know? I mean, there's just good and bad, and even the bad is awesome. Bad pizza? Yeah. It's killer. Totino's? Come on. Shouldn't even be called pizza. It's good. Yeah. It's technically, it like, it It sort of is and sort of isn't. But, it, you know, that's like, um, you know, like if you've ever had a burger from McDonald's or a pizza from Domino's or like, you know, you're, 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 um, like he, you basically, or, or, or like Taco Bell, you know, a taco from Taco Bell. It's like, you, you understand, like there's something to be loved about terrible food every now and then, but that yeah. doesn't, you know, you ain't got to argue about it. It's just, even when it's bad tacos, it's still a taco, you know? Yeah. It's funny that you say that. Cause, uh, there was, so when, so my first band that put out records, we um, we put out records on Headhunter, which is cargo label, and um, mm-hmm. and then and kind of pretty soon after that, uh, Blink put out a record with them too, and we'd met them, and uh, they were you know just San Diego people that we'd met, and I remember seeing them do an interview, and they were talking about, and this is similar to then. Steve Garcia, you know, Garcia, who played bass in my band, in our band, that sounds so lame, my band, (laughs) wasn't my band, but uh, his grandmother and his family, like their kids, like they made the most legit like Mexican food. It was just the best, but they would rather have Taco Bell. And the guys from Blink, um, in my opinion, like Phoenix and San Diego, those are kind of two of like my favorite places to get Mexican food. And I remember them talking about like, I love Taco Bell. I'm like, it's so funny. Cause you just like the thing that's different and other, you know, like uh, I grew up in Missouri and we were like a meat eater, you know, family growing up and, and my family had a farm and stuff. And, and I used to complain like, Oh, we're having steak again. You know, and I'm like, and, and my dad would be like, you're so crazy. Like people would love to be able to say that they could have steak all the time. Like we're, we're poor, <laughs> but, but we had it because that's what we had, you know, like we had a cow anyways. Right. I don't know if that's making sense what I'm saying to you, but, uh, uh, yeah, it's kind of like, I like to say, uh, you know where I hate pizza. Uh, I also never say the word hate. I don't know what's going on with me right now doing all kinds of stuff i don't normally do but uh place i dislike pizza is uh italy oh yeah 
It's not good. Oh, it's good, but it's not my favorite. Again, like all pizza's good, all barbecue's good. But Italy, uh, yeah, we kind of did pretty good with pizza over here, I think. Well, since you're from St. Joe yeah. and you tour and yeah. like you, you know, you know, pizza in different places. What do you, um, so I got to ask you, man, like Missouri person to Missouri person, yeah. like, what do you think of Emo's? Oh, Emo's pizza, like that St. Louis skinny pizza. Mm-hmm. Is that what that is? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty good. Square I like beyond it. compare. Yeah. I mean, it's fine. Yeah. I think, I mean, I just, but the, the fact that you're asking me when I think about it, um, I don't really think about it. Like I've had it and it's fine and I liked it, but I didn't, go, but I didn't go crazy for it. You know, um, uh, pizza. My favorite is, uh, I think it's Pequod's. It's in Chicago. Oh, I had Pequod's. Oh, dude. So good. <laughs> so, like I think about it, like my mouth, I just gleeked thinking about it <laughs> you just gleeked oh hell yeah so yeah i had pequods uh one time when i was on tour with a couple of friends a couple of years ago and it was it was real nice oh and then God. we had we like looped up through chicago and came back around through st louis and got emos and okay yeah so you like the, emos. the thing about emos is like i grew up eating that stuff um and then like i moved out here and i never have it anymore so i have this like romanticized relationship with it. sure <laughs> sure like me and uh Oh man, what's that place? That's terrible. Uh, but I love it. I was sitting, I was in St. Louis. Uh, I was staying at my dad's house in St. Charles at the time. And I was, uh, sitting behind this place. I'm going to reveal the name in a second, but I'm sitting back there and I'm waiting for a buddy and I'm grubbing one of these hamburgers. I'm looking at the box down there and it's kind of flipped over, you know, like I'm sitting by the, by the dumpster, you know, kind of, you know, and, uh, mm-hmm. and it said, grade d oh no it was like f i think but but it said but edible you know like it was basically saying like it was on the edge of being for animals you know and uh oh and, fuck and that was at uh that was at white castle oh well okay yeah of course so good that like, that shit is so i love good. white castle man yeah we can't be eating that though that's like no yeah, I mean, I kind of changed. I mean, I still do it, but I changed the way I eat. I mean, I just had to. I got older, you know, and uh, and stuff like that. Like, I was talking to my doctor about it, and I'm like, okay. Because, so, you know, we just kind of figured out things that weren't good for me and stuff, which is the stuff that's not good for everybody. But I was like, well, when can I have, you know, like a McDonald's hamburger? Like, can I have it? And she's like, Never. I'm like, never. <laughs> what do you mean? She's like, no, this is a whole thing. Like, you're changing your whole world. I'm like, oh, shit. I'm like, never? And, like, and she's like, eh, maybe on your birthday. And I told little Chad that, and we were on tour on my birthday two years ago, and uh, I was pretty trashed. And uh, he goes through the drive through at White Castle and got me a big sack of White Castle, you know? <laughs> at, you know, after – after a tour of me just like eating like literally like nuts and berries and you know like now, when, when you bars. when you say little chad who you mean a uh, little chad is chad rex who i grew up with in missouri who uh he was an armchair martian and he was chad rex he in the victor stands and he plays with love cool he's great he's a great musician he's taught me how to play guitar and uh, he's and I was going to say friend. like I, I wasn't sure if you meant chad price or not cuz i met the dude and he's he's kind of short Chad Price is big, Chad, but he's not big. Ah, <laughs> well, he's bigger no. than Little Chad. 
Little Chad is little. Little oh, Chad yeah? is miniature. Yeah. Yeah. Small he's, dude. No, he's like 4'1". Oh, shit. No, he's not. That is not true. And I hope he's not listening to this. <laughs> I was going to say, I didn't really want to like call your bluff on it, but like, <laughs> like I had a feeling that you were fucking with me just a little bit. Cause, like I already you know, said, like you. Steve was in my band. <laughs> like, no, uh, <laughs> uh, no, um, no, just little Chad. I mean, he was there. There was just, you know, two Chads, you know, like whenever, whenever there's like a school in this, you know, there's Stacy D and Stacy C, you know, like there's a, yeah. Yeah, little Chad and Big Chad, but it's funny, in my opinion, because Big Chad is, and by no means would be called big, because <laughs> he's a he's a he's a small dude too. Anyways, I don't mean that they're small. You know what I'm saying? They're not big. <laughs> yeah, it's like calling a dog Spot. That's a monochrome dog. You know, <laughs> or like you know a giant like mastiff, naming him like tiny or yeah, something exactly. like that. That's it. That's yeah. exactly it. So do you guys have shows coming up or what? No, no. So like right now our plan is like we're writing a new record and um, we're kind of waiting to rehearse until everybody can get fully vaxxed. Sure. And then we're going to get in a room and make some sounds and hopefully by, you know, the autumn, you know, late October-ish is when I'm shooting for like yeah. we'll be able to do something because we're playing fest. Mm-hmm. So like – I'm really hoping by the time Fest comes around that it's going to be safe to do big stuff again because we just we just don't want to do what we do to a room full of people sitting down. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, of course. Um, I I think it's going to be. I think I think um, everyone is going to have to have um, is going to have to be vaccinated to be able to come like that. And I think, yeah, I mean, from everything that I've heard and everything that I see. It looks to me like that is uh, very possible. I mean, like beyond possible. Like mm-hmm. it's 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 going to happen unless you know something train wrecks it some for some reason. I don't, I'm knocking on wood. I don't know why that would happen. But um, I mean, how many people are vaccinated right now? Like a hundred million? Isn't that right? Well, um, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and they were saying that over fifty percent of the country has at least one shot. And like twenty percent are fully vaxxed, or like thirty percent, or something like that. So we're getting there, we're and it's get already there for sure. like it's not even like the end of April yet. Yeah, so and I don't, I'm, I don't, I'm very optimistic. I actually don't even think we have to be like a hundred percent, obviously, you know, to get that herd immunity thing, right? Because there's right. people that just aren't going to do it, but the people that aren't going to do it aren't coming to our shows. You know what I mean? I don't know. You never know, man. Like one of the biggest chunks of people that's like being resistant is white evangelicals. And like that's the group that they're trying to break through to the most. Oh, you're trying to break through to them? Oh, no. Just like the CDC is trying to like get get white evangelicals to take the vaccine because there's like hardcore right wing people that are like, yeah, it's the mark of the beast. And there's like evangelical preachers that are like oh it's the mark of the beast you can't get it and like right. it's just it's scary dude like yeah you know I, no, we don't know. get enough people we got to get at least like 70 percent. otherwise for like sure. we're gonna be stuck in this for a minute those folks aren't coming to fest though is what i'm saying mm-hmm. you know? cross your fingers well i mean yeah it's not like it's cornerstone i mean <laughs> like warp store i don't know what that is what is that Oh, uh, Cornerstone was this like festival. I don't know. It might still be a thing. Might not. I haven't heard about it in a long time, but it was this uh, Christian hardcore and metal festival 
that used to happen in the mid 2000s. It was like the Christian rock community's answer to stuff like Warp Tour hmm. and stuff like that. So it's kind of like that. That's cool. There was I a know. lot of those like Christian hardcore bands that like weren't even Christian bands. They just took the deal because like, you know, oh, the Jesus label pays. was offering a lot of money and they wanted oh, yeah. a tour. Yeah. Jesus pays, I think. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, fo- I mean, people should believe whatever they, the, the, the world's so short, you know, people mm-hmm. like my mom, you know, she's religious. I feel like people should just, whatever makes them feel good. As long as they're not making other people feel bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like that's really my only problem with that. And we're not even trying to talk about religion right now, but like, that's, you know, that's, that's my only problem is just judgy people that make people feel bad and don't let them, don't let people live their life. You know, you're supposed to live and let live. Right. And then, yeah. Like if people live the way the guy, Jesus says that you're supposed to live, you probably have a pretty good life, you know? Um, right. It's simple. It's just treat people how you want to be treated and shit like that. Right. Um, yeah. And like, you know, you you can do your thing and, you know, do what you want and believe what you want to believe. But like, when it starts to impact other people, that's when it's a problem, you know, like whenever your beliefs are telling you that like you have the freedom to discriminate against other people, then that's, that's the problem. But like, until you get to that point, you know, believe whatever shit you want to believe, just like, leave me alone. Like I don't need to be involved. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I, I want to circle back just cause like, you know, me and you could go on tangents all day long. Cause like we've done that a million times before, mm-hmm. like every time I run into you at surf, you know, it's just like, we're going to sit here and bullshit for a minute and who knows what's going to come up. I'm and pretty annoying thing. though. Aren't I? When you see me no. out, really? I think I'm uh, I think the word is, uh, I'm insufferable. <laughs> <laughs> Like I get, is that what you think? Yeah, I kind of think so. I'm kind of an ass. Like I get excited. I like to talk. I talk over people, uh, and then I just if I'm in a good mood, I just start singing everything because I get, I get, uh, I get really high. <laughs> like, like I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I get stoned to the bone. <laughs> and uh, but anyway, well, I'm glad that you enjoy those conversations because because <laughs> I often will wake up the next day and I'll think like, oh wow. Who did I just corner last night? <laughs> well, I do. You know, I remember plenty of like the the John Snodgrass walk up and sing songs conversations. And uh, those were always pretty fun. Like half the time, you know, you were like baked like a potato. Yeah. And uh, I didn't know what you were talking about, but yes. also so was I. Yes. So it didn't really matter because I was just existing in the moment and like good. living my life. I know. So, I love doing it's that. all good, man. That's what you got to do. You know, I just always think all of my moments are like brilliant, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, and I, and I put everything on my phone, but I'll tell you what, uh, people, I mean, I joke about that. Like I give myself, you know, like, you know, I call myself insufferable and stuff, but, uh, that stuff pays off, you know, like seriously, like I, I have so many good notes on my phone. I mean, that's, those are the best songs that end up on my records. You know, a lot of them are, you know? You got to remember those things. I'm yeah, not- dude. Like speaking of those, you know, you let me use this guitar and oh, yeah. I've been rocking out on it all the time. Good. And like, you know, let me have these records. And I was listening to them 
and they rule. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. I, uh, you know, I was listening to uh, the buddies record okay. and just like, you know, didn't y'all, did y'all do that in like a couple days or something? Which like two one? Days, 10 buddies days? one or buddies two? Did I give you buddies one? Buddies one. Buddies one. We wrote in an afternoon, uh, down in Boulder. Um, <sighs> we just kind of made it up like seriously, like walking through the garden and Frank had this, uh, the only reason why I controlled that whole song to start with, and I remember him looking back at me like, oh, you know, wanting to add stuff, but he was carrying like this little uh, children's piano, right? And we're walking through the <laughs> garden, and 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 he already had an idea in his head, and he was like, uh, we should do like a, you know, like a song about our friends, you know, like a, and I go like a Luke and Bach Texas type song, and he's like, yes, yes, I'm like. Like buddies, 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 buddies. Yeah. So, and uh, it was written by the time that we got across the yard, basically. And uh, <laughs> I mean, then we filled in all the specifics, but I mean, the, you know, the chord changes and the melody and idea were just pretty much done. But um, yeah, we did that and um, it's fun. It's easy with him. Uh, I'd like doing that. That was an idea. I should probably say it on here. Like 10, so it was 10 years ago, I guess, that we did that. And, yeah. and originally I had told him, I'm like, I think I want this to be an idea for a podcast for me. I'm going to, I'll just call the people up and we'll just make a song, you know? And like, and I'll, and I won't release them. Like, I don't want to give away the bit, you know what I mean? till I bank at least, you know, like 12 or 20 or so. And that was going to be my thing. And then uh, I just got busy and I thought there were too many podcasts. <laughs> and that was 10 years ago, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, but podcasts are like the best. I bet I could, I'll probably still do it. So, so I'm saying it out loud now because I don't want someone else stealing my idea, but uh, whatever. The, everyone can steal the idea. I don't care. My idea. Yeah. It's not, maybe it's not the best idea. Maybe someone else has done it, but I, um, we, me and him were talking about actually doing that, but then he got, we both got, it's weird, got pretty busy during this pandemic time. I kind of, uh, I've accomplished some stuff. You'll see. I can't talk about any of it right now. No, (laughs) can't talk about any (laughs) of it right now. Or maybe what could I talk about right now? Oh, I just, I just did a, a couple of days ago, I just did a, a song for... Do you like Bob Dylan? Yeah. Uh, so I got... Um, I did a song for Bob Dylan's 80th birthday. And um, little Chad loves Bob Dylan. And so I called him and I asked him... Um, who or what song I should do because he has so many songs, right? And he suggested this song called Born in Time. And then I texted uh, two other friends and uh, I got them to play bass and drums on it, but they're not the guys that play bass and drums in their band. No shit. And I'm stoked. Uh, I just, I'll just say, I, I got almost, I got almost all of my favorite local musicians to play on this song but i but they all played instruments that aren't their instruments and it was 
came out pretty good. So that'll come out. I don't know whenever Bob Dylan's birthday is, but I think I can talk about that. It's in a month or so. I was the last guy that sent my song in. So it's getting mastered. That's up cool, though. It'll be out by then. I'm pretty stoked. But it's uh, in the morning light, in the stardust of a pale moonlight, I think of you in black and white. When we was made of dreams. Yeah, it's that song. But uh, it starts off. And I had these punk rockers play a real slow song. And it sounds tough as shit. It's so good. That's badass. It is badass. That's awesome. I'm pretty stoked. That's kind of my favorite thing to do. Uh, I mean, I'm not really a solo artist, you know. Um, I'm a solo with a bunch of different types of friends artists, you know. And um, I like to play music with other people and I like to have them do the thing that they do and not really tell them what to do or really put them in any direction at all. You know, um, just come back with, you're like, Holy shit. Like there's this other little seven inch that's going to come out. There's only like 200 of them and that hasn't been announced yet, but you should probably keep your eyes open. Whoever listens and cares because, uh, they'll disappear pretty quick and it's just a little special little label that likes, you know, likes doing that kind of thing. And it's just one pressing. And, uh, again, I got some pretty rad buddies help me with that. And the artwork, they're like four different of my favorite artists. And I started with these jingles because I've been writing these jingles for, uh, for different people over the pandemic time. And I did Mm -hmm. these two jingles for these two companies that we like. And, uh, I don't know. You'll see. Uh, I can't talk about it, but yeah, I would get, they will get pissed because it's people and they're smart and they're really good at stuff and they know how to like announce things in like a cool way. But like, all I'll say is just, all I'm trying to talk about though is just collaborating with people that are your friends. And in this, I mean, it's my favorite, you know, musician probably you know really and he's a really good friend and his son and then i quote another friend of mine um and i get them (laughs) to talk about the quote and then the artists um the two companies i did it for they're two different types of artists and we're all friends with another one and then they helped and they all tied together like a bow and there's like seven things involved and it's fucking awesome and it's baseball related too i got oh shit dude you're gonna you're gonna have to tell me more about this like when it comes out you're gonna have to like give me an update later on how about i just show you because no one can see this right yeah yeah do that also like i'm gonna show you you know i know you're gonna shit when you see this uh yeah i can't give away too much more than that but i'll just show you Can you hold that a little closer? What am I holding it to? I don't really know what that is, man. I you don't know see. what that is? You can't no, see I can't that? I can't see it super well. Oh, shit. <laughs> Just text it to me. No way. <laughs> I can't do that. No one's seen it. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Anyways, it's Yeah, cool. I don't know. All right. Well, it's cool. <laughs> Yeah, I'll give I you one. It is. I'll give you one. We're all getting a baseball card, and I'm the only one that likes baseball. 
but it may be uh-huh. cool. but but two of the rad like two of the dudes on there uh we made like a fake baseball team for them and their father and son and it makes me almost just cry because it's like because they because they, they name their own team and it's like their little inside joke and they have their colored things yeah it's awesome but they had nothing to do with baseball they just helped me make a rock and roll song you know it's pretty cool i'm stoked yeah. Oh, and soccer's not happening. Kick ass. I don't have to take my daughter <laughs> to soccer. It's cold. I don't want to go there. <coughs> no. So when do you get your second shot? Did you say you got your first shot? I got my first shot. My second shot's on the 23rd, and I'm really, really stoked about it. And, uh, yeah, a little after that, I'll be able to finally finally get some rehearsing done with, with uh, you know, the music, yeah, the music happens. Bitching, <laughs> um, but I, I wanted to bring you on because, like, you know, you're a dude that I know in like a couple different ways, which is super weird. Because, like, whenever I started playing shows here, you know, and I've told this story a couple times, like, Plasma Canvas was too damn gay for this town, mm-hmm. and we could not find a gig damn near anywhere. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, we had to play Seventh Circle and the Forge and like some DIY spots, which was cool. And like, we were happy to have those places to play, and it was awesome. And we met, you know, a lot of people and built a following there. But like, you know, our first, like, you know, you were you were the first one to give us a shot and throw us on a bill at Surf. And I think that that's true for like a lot of bands in Fort Collins. And, um, but you know, I just kind of knew you as like this dude that was throwing me shows yeah. and like that I would run into from time to time. And then I like found out later on that like, Oh, that's, that's not just like this weird guy. That's always like stoned at this bar that I hang out at. Like he, he plays music and he's in like some cool bands and like says done a lot of cool stuff. And so I just thought that that was a really funny way to get to know you. It was just like, Oh, I thought like this was just like some dude. And like, turns out he, he does the thing that I do. He's pretty good at it. Oh, that's funny. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I guess I never, I've been doing the same shit. Seriously, since I'm like, God, like 15 or something. Like I started going to punk shows um, at the outhouse in Lawrence, Kansas, uh, when I was young in like the late 80s, like, you know, right before it hit the 90s, um, like probably 88, um, 87 maybe. But um, I remember. Yeah, tell me about that. Like when did you start going to shows and like playing music with bands and stuff? I think the first well, what I don't think. I mean, I know the first show I went to, I saw the Circle Jerks in seven seconds, and that was at the Uptown Theater in uh, Kansas City, Missouri. And then, oh, cool. uh, and then I saw, um, but then I saw, but then I started going to the Outhouse, which is you know all ages, no alcohol, um, punk club, uh, DIY punk club in Lawrence, Kansas, and um, <clears throat> I saw seven seconds there. And I've seen seven seconds more than probably anybody. Uh, I mean, then I've seen them more than I have seen any band. Um, and um, I remember, though, it wasn't them. And it's been on the tip of my tongue who this band was. Um, I can never think of it when I want to tell the story. But I remember watching them play. And talking to them later, and I'm like, so like, how how old are you guys? I'm just curious, you know. And they're like, I don't know, I'm 30, I'm like 33, or whatever. They're like 30 something. I'm like, oh okay, that's what I'll do. 
<laughs> that's, I think I can do that. And, uh, yeah. And then, uh, I remember kind of doing the math in my head and I remember being like, I should have set my sights higher, you know, I guess, but, uh, I accomplished everything that I kind of wanted to do. I just wanted to make records and, uh, you know, just make enough money to put in the gas tank and get down the road, you know? And, uh, I think it's, it's going fine. You know, I'm just sustaining. That's all I really wanted to do. I'm not, I'm not like a business person, you know, I'm not a, I'm not an actual capitalist. I don't think something I figured out. I just like to sustain, you know, I like everyone to, to feel like they had a good, like they got a good uh, deal, you know, like those are the only kinds of more so now because I'm negotiating some shows for October and stuff, but I'm uh, doing it in kind of a different way and even more in that way. I mean, there's certain amounts I need, you know, like I call them goals, you know, I don't talk about right. guaranteed money anymore, you know, um, because there's, uh, once you've done it enough, there's an amount that, you work with the same promoters and they know like, okay, you know, he's going to bring, you know, it's Monday night uh, in this town and at least, I know, 70 people will come, you know, and you just kind of do the quick math and you figure it out. Uh, like I'm a small artist, you know, like I can, I always say it's 50 to 150 people depending on, you know, where it is. If it's Friday night in San Diego, like at the Casbah, like, ooh, like if we really promote it and, and, you know, actually go by the radio station. Like maybe we get a couple hundred people, you know, but you know, right. Uh, but if it's Monday night and raining, I mean, there might be 50 people there. So, you know, in that case, it's, it's easy to talk to those guys and be like, I at least got to get, you know, this amount, you know, you never, right. ask, you never ask for an amount that uh, uh, you think is unattainable. You know, you want, right. ev- and- you want everyone to leave winning, you know, and feeling good about it. Um, and money is like, even like right now, it makes my palms kind of sweat. I don't like, I hate talking about it. It's it's just gross. It's so gross because it's what we do is play music. You know, it is my job, but uh, it's gross to think about that. It ruins everything. Like when I sing, like people ask me to sing on their songs or help them with stuff. And then when they ask me what they owe me, I'm like, ah. That's going to take the magic out of it, you know? Um, like when I was doing those uh, those jingles, um, I would reply to people with my email that if someone really wanted to pay me some money, I'd be like, well, you know what? That's also my PayPal, you know? But I'm going to send you this thing, and why don't you just send me what you think is worth to you, you know? And, yeah. and for example, I mean, I'll put the same amount of work into everything, and one dude sent me, 10 bucks for this killer song but another dude sent me like 1500 bucks you know so it it the way i feel about it is like that's relative to what people have and what they can afford you know to do so i'm fine with that i'm not bummed on the guy that gave me the 10 bucks because like you know that was it might have been his last 10 bucks exactly you know and i wasn't even asking for it you know what I mean? And some people have done it, you know, not giving me anything. And I'm happy with it because I, I enjoy doing it, you know. And so it all it all works out. And a lot of people, some people talk to me and tell me that, no, you can't do that because you're underselling yourself. And I'm like, no, not really. I mean, if I look at it and average it out, I mean, I make, you know, I write a song. It takes me five minutes to write a silly song and average out. And I, 
you know, I make a certain amount and it's, it's, it's pretty good. It's pretty good if that's what you make it in one day. You know what I mean? And it's so. really hard to like put a price mm-hmm. on your art too. Cause you know, you, you want to like, you always want to be creating from the heart, you know, you want to be creating from a genuine place of inspiration and just like having a good time with it and, and just doing what you do naturally. And then when you try to quantify it, in like a dollars and cents amount worth of, you know, it just, it, like you said, it takes the magic out of it and it, it just, it's hard to think about, but I liked what you were saying, you know, with like, cause you know, what you're doing is like what I would like to be able to do eventually in my career, which is like, you know, it would be cool to play like real big shows and stuff, but just to have a dedicated audience that, isn't necessarily like gigantic but loves what you do and supports you and like cares about you as a person and you care about them as people and you feel like y'all understand each other and you're able to just go to a different city and like pull in enough people to make a living get to the next place and just you know hopefully have some some money to bring home to pay all the bills and and just Mm -hmm. do it because you love to do it and you know like you're able to by circumstance, take care of bills and stuff like that. But, you know, it's not about blowing up and getting huge and like the ego and the notoriety of it. It's just like, I want to make music and take it as far as I can take it. But it's okay if I don't, you know, I don't want to be Led Zeppelin. I am Mm -hmm. cool with being like John Snodgrass and like just taking my thing around the country and trying to hang out with my friends and make songs and, you know, maybe make a little money. I love it. Some people don't feel that way. Like I remember uh, a couple different things, like uh, one friend of mine and, and it's great. I mean, I love this person, you know, but we were playing some show and I thought it's great. And he's like, so this is, you know, you're kind of like a, and he named another friend of ours. And I'm like, so that's, that's kind of what you like. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, but I get to go, you know, I get to, I get to go and play with Floggy Molly too, you know, like if, if yeah. that's what you wanted, you know, that's cool, you know, and that's super fun. But I like, yeah, I like 50 people on a Sunday in Des Moines, Iowa, you know what I mean? Like, uh, which I haven't done for mm-hmm. a long time, but I'm just trying to say a really random place. But uh, uh, it, yeah, when you, the thing is, as you know, it's just Fridays and Saturdays. I mean, you just, it's hard to get people on those, you have those off nights and stuff and i don't know anymore i used to put a lot of thought in into the bands and and i still do more now um i'm it sounds pretentious to say but i'm really trying to just curate every every single show like really put thought into like everyone and do less like i used to think like i have to play every day like Minutemen, you know like i was really mike watt about it like you got to play every show which which is great um, but maybe not, you know, like, uh, mm-hmm. let some people travel a little bit. And, uh, I like to book those shows around baseball games, which I probably told you, I'm sure probably 10 times I've told you and because yep. I say the same <laughs> shit over and over, but I thought more about that recently. And when things open up next year, oh man. Uh, so not last year, obviously, but the year before that was my favorite year of touring. Like I did so much stuff around baseball. It was the best. It was so fun. And, um, and I'm thinking about that again and yeah, I'm just going to focus on these Thursday through Sundays. Right. 
But yeah, mm-hmm. Mondays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays, I, I'm going, those are game days, <laughs> you know, like those yeah. are the game days. And, and the thing that's beautiful about it is, so the schedule comes out normally, it's like a year before, and I always try to book at least six months ahead of time. Um, but a year ahead is beautiful. And the people that I work with all the time know what I'm up to anyways. And they start getting emails like right when the MLB schedule comes out and they're like, I was waiting to hear from you, you know, and it's always <laughs> Chicago, like Chicago and Boston and like all the place, all the baseball cities I like to go to. And uh, yeah, it's the best. So you combine that and you just have something fun to look forward to. Uh, if you couldn't tell, I mean, no, people are just listening to us now, but I mean, did I kind of spark up when I started talking about going to baseball games? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's you. <laughs> you so know, good. that's that's like kind of a thing. Like, if if anybody knows you at all, they know that you really love baseball. And like, my thing is, so I'm from the St. Louis area, okay. and like, we used to have the St. Louis Rams, and but now we got the St. Louis Blues and the St. Louis Cardinals, and like, those are my teams. And <sighs> uh, you know, so it, it's not like so. My thing about that is. I don't really have a lot of good memories with my dad. Um, But like the few that I do have are usually like sitting on the couch, smoking dirt weed and watching St. Louis Cardinals games. Mm. So, I mean, that's pretty much, you know, I don't follow baseball in general, but like when I hear that the Cardinals won a game, I'm like, ah, cool. Hey, that's neat. Yeah, you clearly you know, don't follow baseball right now because you know no. every time no, you we say, got every time you say the name Cardinals, it's just like a knife in my side right now. Like, <laughs> it, it, like remember that thing that happened January sixth, that whole insurrection thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, basically something like that. I I thought was going to happen at the Colorado Rockies offices, you know, because they traded Nolan Arenado to the St. Louis Cardinals, which is basically, <laughs> yeah, it's, no, it's not funny. There's nothing funny about that. That's, <laughs> no, it's great. It is not great. It's terrible. Like, uh, uh, it's really bad and people are boycotting and like, I'm, I'm just trying to be positive because I feel bad for the young players, you know, that got left there, but there's this, uh, it's a very, uh, support the troops and not the administration type of situation that's going on right now, because like (laughs) there's some bad, there's some ugliness going on and uh, it's bad. Like I keep calling it hunger games, baseball and something happened. It's so ridiculous that this trade happened and there's no way that we don't know what, what's really going on. Like I don't ever get involved or like to know about the drama about stupid, like, you know, about stuff like that. But it's like a. It has to be something like a, like a soap opera, like Dynasty, or you know, Falcon Crest. You know, remember those shows? <laughs> you don't remember those shows. I don't. No, no, I'm shows. I'm 30 years old, man. <laughs> Falcon Crest, Santa Barbara. You don't remember Santa Barbara? You don't remember as the <laughs> no. world turns. Days of our lives. It's like that kind of. A thing. I do remember days of our lives. I yeah. do remember days of our lives. So I just feel like something ridiculous happened with Nolan and and the front office, you know what I mean? Like something petty, you know? Um, and we should never know, you know what I mean? Because the trade, yeah. that trade that happened is just terrible. 
It's just absolutely terrible. Um, I'm going to have to take your word for it because I don't follow baseball all that closely, especially since there's no Albert Pujols anymore. Like there, you know, we don't have Albert Pujols anymore. And like, there will be a movie, there will be a movie made of this. I promise you. Yeah. I mean, it may be like some little, some small time, you know, but there's like that Moneyball movie or some. Yes, maybe. Moneyball's great. Uh, you know, I remember being a little kid and like watching the Mark McGuire juicing scandal. Yeah. And I was like, damn, that really sucks. Cause he was like the guy yeah. when I was a little kid. Yeah. It was like Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa, the great rivalry. And like, you know, I remember thinking that that was no, those two were like Titans of baseball. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. So yeah, as that time goes on, that is definitely not the case. Um, but I wanted to circle back to to Jam and Econo, you know, because we were talking about like doing a lot all the time and mm-hmm. doing a lot of touring and like not really making a whole lot of money. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, when I talked to you about coming onto the show before, I was like, okay, well, it's a show where we nerd out about our favorite musicians and favorite music. And you're like, oh, yeah, well, that's easy. I'm going to talk about Descendants. Hmm. So, like, you know, I just wanted to ask, like, when did you get into Descendants? Like, when did you when did you meet them? When did you first, like, hear about them? Like, you know, crack it open. Um, well, I mean, my friend Matt Brawl came over to Little Chad's house. And so that was whenever we were probably in uh, – um, not probably. And we were in sixth grade going into seventh grade. And we were, and at that time, um, we were just making little recordings on a little two-track machine with like drum machines and stuff. And we listened to They Might Be Giants and uh, uh, The Police, you know. And um, we liked punk. Like I had, uh, I had plastic surgery disasters, and then I had Husker Du Flip Your Wig, and then I was into like bands like. REM and less active and the cure and the sex pistols, you know, like the end, but the Beatles was like my, my favorite thing. But Matt brought over that and we'd heard the descendants and we liked them, but he brought over the descendants all tape. And it was a sound oh. that we had never heard before. And we were like, Holy shit. And even just the, the comedy of like, uh, in Coolidge, like, uh, Mm-hmm. When they did like the Three Stooges type harmonies, you know, and then, and I think Milo like blew it. He's like, sorry. Yeah. And we're like, oh God, that's so funny. <laughs> it's so good. And the music's so great. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, you said I would want to talk about the descendants. I love the descendants, but I love all. And it's my opinion that, yeah, that's the first all record. I mean, it's called All. And, oh, and, yeah, the and, Descendants All record. And Milo is the first singer for All. I mean, that. I mean, that's Stefan and Carl. I mean, that's – and Bill. I mean, that's that's All, you know? I mean, because there's Shit, just – yeah. Because there's just – there's two – there's, there's uh, you know, there's Frank Descendants, you know? Uh, and mm-hmm. uh, and, um, and Tony. And then, and then there's that era with, you know, Doug and Ray Cooper – for like pretty much just what's that record the or go fart record the enjoy record but um yeah which that's just kind of like a middle zone which is great like i love all of it but then 
whenever Descendants All came out, and then then they just went directly into doing all with those three different singers. Um, that's that band, you know. I mean, in my opinion, I mean, I mean, it's just obvious. I mean, that's they they started sounding differently, and then then I think quickly after that, that's when Liveage came out, and I really started liking. Um, all those older Descendant songs, like which I already liked, but I liked it when Carl and Stefan played them, you know. But I love Frank. Yeah, Frank. I mean, I have. If I was outside where I normally am, if it wasn't cold, I would show you my Frank pictures. Like, uh, you know, Frank lived in our garage like for a while. Frank was awesome. You know, I love Frank. Um, I was really sad when he died. I sat in a, a bar in Tampa and all by myself, and I was just playing the jukebox over in the corner because the band had just left and I was coming later. I was hanging out with a friend of mine and then that friend left and then I got a text. I don't know why I'm getting into that, but that was, it was, it was a pretty sad night. I just kept playing this particular song over and over and over again. But uh, anyways, I love the descendants, but the descendants, when I think of them, I think of, you know, Frank and Tony kind of stuff. But then when I think of all, I think of, yeah, Stephen and Carl and Bill, always, you know, always Bill. I mean, yeah, that makes a lot of sense because, uh, you know, the Descendants All record was when they started just taking that hard left path into like, let's get weird, you know, yeah, territory. It's the best. Yeah. And they, they started writing all those, all those songs that were just like jagged and angular and just writing all the really mathy shit that they would just really, really explore with the all records. And, yeah. you know, there were still great songs like Coolidge and, and Clean Sheets and Pep Talk and like, you know, just, but, then you also got the the stuff Uranus. like Uranus that's just out of nowhere and just like out into outer space. And, you know, that's why it's called Uranus, I guess. And like schizophrenia and, yeah. you know, just whatever is going on on that record is, um, you know, it, you can really tell that like they had been doing a bunch of different stuff and trying new things. And that's definitely like one of, if not my favorite Descendants record is the all record because it's just so damn weird. And like, you know, that was when um, Stefan, you know, brought a lot of the like heavy guitar sound and the like shreddy guitar sound and more like bright and distorted thing happening. And, um, you know, and and then later on when they did the Everything Sucks record, that Stefan guitar sound is just like, it, it rules. It just slaps, but yeah yeah and then uh you know that the descendants all record was really cool super left field and then they got to do the all thing and they really just dove into it yeah and um yeah i don't know what at that 25th anniversary show i i just i had a real good time at that show because <laughs> yeah, i got to did. see like i got to see descendants and i got to see all and i got to see a, like a ton of other great bands you played there armchair martian played and you we know, were the best. It was a good time, but I think you know, we were the I had best never really seen night. all before that. We just blew everybody off the stage. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was like the I don't know, man. Like it's uh uh I've been fortunate and even you know when I was growing up in like uh in Missouri and stuff, I mean I got to see all and the descendants like a lot. Or not the descendants, like I mean, I got to see them a lot once they started living here and started playing again. But 
they just do fun shit all the time. Like they trade instruments and they do cover songs and they'll do black flag songs and germ songs and X songs. I got to sing X with them before. It was, it was so fun. And then they do the thing at the Surfside where they'll just practice, you know, and everyone gets to sing along. Like there's not much more fun than those dudes. It's, it's, uh, we're pretty lucky. Yeah. And I can say it now. Like, I mean, they're friends and, it doesn't like you gotta you gotta let let people know you love them. You know what I mean? Like I yeah. Because I mean, it started you know like when I first was lucky to meet those guys. I mean, I you know you gotta you gotta kind of keep it cool. You know, I mean yeah. Um, because you're like a really big fan, but um, they're the they're the best. I mean, they're they're my favorite band. They are the best band I've seen, and I've seen a lot of fucking good bands. Um, uh, I mean, I love Rocket from the Crypt. I love Thin Lizzy. I love. But these guys are cheap trick, you know. I mean, there's just bands that continually rock, and they just and they just keep it going. And the Descendants, uh, it's they're on the top of their game. It's 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 pretty amazing. There was a guy that had walked into the Surfside once, and I was talking to Bill, and he obviously, you know, he didn't know what you know current stuff at all, and he and he made a comment about. Like he was talking to me and Bill's standing right there and he doesn't realize that Bill's standing there, but he knows that I like that band. He's like, what's going on with those guys? I mean, are they still going to ever make any music? And I'm like, are you kidding me? And I'm like, I'm like, and Bill's like, what the fuck? And I'm like, I think they're doing their best work. You know, like I'm talking right in front of Bill and having, <laughs> and having to kind of like spiel and lobby for it. I'm like, yeah, I think, I think they're on top of their game. Trust me. And it's like, okay. They have a new record out. It's called, you know, Hypercapium, you know, and and he's like, okay, I'll check that out. I'm like, all right, dude. <laughs> like, you have no idea. <laughs> like, you know, Bill just got here and like two days ago, he was playing in front of like 5,000 people, you know, in like yeah. <laughs> DC or something, you know, like, wow. Um, but yeah, for reals, they, uh, you know, he was, he had those two, there was two hospital things that happened and it was pretty scary. Um he came out just fucking woke up, you know, and ready to rock, you know? Yeah. And that's the coolest shit ever too. I mean, like, you know, and I'll tell you, John, from, you know, from my position, when, whenever, whenever, um, you know, plasma canvas went in and did, uh, you know, our mm. EP with bill, uh, it was like, was he behind you know, the desk? New bill. What was he behind the desk? Yeah. Yeah. So So Bill was the one who produced it and tracked it with us. And then Andrew like turned all the knobs and made it sound cool. And, and then Jason did the Jason thing. Yeah. You're stoked, but it's the team. Yeah. It was, it was, it was awesome. It was a great time, but I, I just remember, you know, like having the same sort of feeling that that you were talking about where like hey you want to keep you cool and you know you don't want to like fangirl a bunch because like they're a great band and one of my favorite bands but you know you you also like you realize you're sitting next to somebody that has a whole life that they've lived and so many experiences and just like so much lived wisdom that you know i can try to glean from them and uh you know bill was really cool to make a record with but every now and then i'd be like oh yeah that guy was you know he was in black flag like he's in descendants and like everybody knows who he is but he's just like this fun dude that is always keeping the mood real light in the studio and and making sure that you know that you're welcome there and like he cares about you and he wants your project to sound cool and 
Yeah. You know, so trying to balance that, like, hey, I really respect you and look up to you as an artist and as a human being, but then also remembering, like, that's just Bill, you know, the dad, the owner of the studio guy. Like, yeah. he's just here to to hang out and make things sound good. Yeah, he's the best. He's a pretty special dude. All of them are. Um, I learned a lot from them. Um, I think that's what you're trying. And you to all get made from. records together, right? Like he, like he did some some ner- knob turning for you too. Oh yeah, I've been fortunate to have him. Yeah, help on lots of stuff, armchair Morrison stuff, drag the river stuff, um, other stuff. Yeah, that new armchair Martian was cool. It was super cool. I like that record. What new? Armchair I like the old Martian? stuff too. Which one? What new armchair Martian? Well, it was one that came out like last year, didn't it? Mm-mm. Or twenty twenty one. I don't know. I was looking at one. Um, it might have been actually no. Sorry, I'm thinking of taste. I liked oh, that record yeah. a lot. Yeah, well, that's a rock and roll record. Yeah, yeah, that's it me, is a rock and roll. That's record, me and yeah. a bunch of buds. You know. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, weren't you? Didn't you want to ask me? I remember once about the first time I met Joseph. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, think tell actually, me about that. I think I'd actually met him before, but I was uh so I think it was ninety six or ninety seven and I was at the whiskey with the descendants because they were there for seven days and they did a thing and all these bands played. And I was good friends or am good friends with uh um Chris Shiflett and Steve Soto, who uh played in a band called Twenty Two Jacks. Fighters and Adolescents. Yeah, and they played in uh Twenty Two Jacks with uh with um with Joe with Joe and um and it's so funny because this happened a lot too but he comes up to me and I thought I'd met him before but he comes up to me and he's just like talking about like he's like man just so you know I mean your music means a lot to me I'm so glad to get to play with you guys and when he said that I was like oh yeah I mean I'm not playing tonight <laughs> you know because Chris Shiflet was like a fan of Armchair Martian like we just started so. And all those people that were roommates, because they lived together and stuff, like they liked that little demo that Stefan recorded for us. And we were looking for like a record label at that time. And I'm like, oh, well, that's cool. You know, he likes the likes the armchair. And I'm like, oh no, he thinks I'm Milo. <laughs> and I'm like, and, I'm like oh, man. and I just look over. I'm like, hey, Milo, this guy thinks I'm you. <laughs> and then Milo comes. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah. That, oh, that's amazing. That's happened a couple times. Like me and Chad would be somewhere and uh and I remember Milo standing there and like there's a bunch of pictures of like me and Chad Price with other people, like on warp tour kind of things when I would be out with them. And they're like, Yeah, I got a picture with Chad from all and Milo. I'm like <laughs> and then <laughs> Milo's like right over there. Uh yeah. Just any, it's just anyone with glasses, you know what I mean? Is is Milo? I mean, Bug got it all the time. Yeah, and like the, a you short know? haircut. Yeah, I mean, a couple times, you know, Bug would ask me to like whenever you can't get to the stage as quickly. I mean, like they don't they don't really need to check their stuff again. Like after it's been checked, but like just double checking that the monitors are on and stuff. And he always uh, Bug was like, I can't I can't really go across the stage and check it because they always think I'm Milo. Then I'm because I have glasses on, and then the crowd goes crazy. I'm like, okay. And he asked me to do it, and then he only asked me to do it once because he's like, oh shit, you look more like Milo than I do, <laughs> you know? Because like, because <laughs> it was even worse. And I'm like, ah, oh, dude, <laughs> what the fuck, you know? And that happened at the 
at the gay bar here too. Uh, Nightingales. Have you ever heard about that? That the club Nightingales. Um, uh, it's here in town. Uh, I don't remember. I don't know what it's called now. It's down by. Uh, uh, well, that's in '96. That's where the the Descendants played their first show, in the long. Wait, where? Times. What? Where was it? Like, where is it? It's on Mulberry, down uh, by like there was like a down by like Fort Fun. You know where Fort Fun is? Oh, down by there. Yeah, it's down there, and I feel like the maybe the building is gone, and it's where Fort Fun is. But it's like basically like right there because there used to be another. Oh, so there was a gay bar out there. Yeah, it was called Nightingales. It was oh, awesome. cool! I didn't even know. Oh, we did punk shows there all the time. Yeah, the guy. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, the guy that uh, um, I worked at a record store that was across the street from Avos called the Funk Shop, and that guy put on uh, Tim Jag. He put on a bunch of you know, punk shows at Nightingales. And then um, he was out of town once and I took a call. The first show I ever put on in the, in that record store was Bikini Kill across oh, the yeah. street from Avos. Yeah. Um, it was going to be at that bar, but that, but they wanted to play at a place that didn't have uh, any alcohol or anything, you know, like they wanted as DIY as it could be. So it was like people bumping into records and knocking over cassette tapes, you know, like it was, it's on, you should look it up on YouTube. It's, uh, it's been seen a lot. This guy, I know loaded it up and he sent it to me. It's, it's, it's pretty killer. Just look up Bikini Kill, Fort Collins, Colorado, and you're going to be like, holy shit. And then you're gonna be like, holy shit, John's 18. <laughs> you know, like, uh, we were like having to hold the PA on the, on the, on the, uh, uh, those countertops, you know, like glass countertops where you, you can see through and the, you know, where the belt buckles and, you know, and shit. It was, it was sketchy. <laughs> it was pretty sketchy. So you were holding the PA speaker for bikini kills set? Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, like, so it didn't <laughs> fall on people or break the counter. Yeah. It was, the, I love how many stories was, there are like that. It was the like, practice uh, PA you know, from I, our house. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love how many stories there are like that of like, you know, we had to, uh, so there was this one time I was playing a garage in Sullivan, Missouri, which is nowhere, but like it was where all the small town bands would coalesce into one like rural area where we would all like play hardcore and punk shows in essentially like a barn um, in the middle of nowhere. But there was this one band one time that was like one of those edgy bands and uh they had like their buddy behind him um that had like a couple of like construction lights but he had a couple power strips and he was like turning on and off the power strips to make like strobe light effects and i just thought that that was like kind of cool but also like really funny pretty so the fact that i like that what (laughs) very analog yeah yeah so the fact that you got a story where you were like you know the guy that held up the speaker for bikini kills set so i mean like i was running the fall over and smash the record that's that's pretty hilarious i mean i was running the cash register too you know i mean i was that was my shift you know like i was was working you know uh oh gosh yeah and the girl toby i think her name's toby I remember because yeah, it was the first time I had to advance the show, and and she's like, okay, well, uh, uh, what's her name? Is it Kat- Kathleen? Like Kathleen, you know, she needs a monitor, and I'm like, I'm like, that's not gonna happen. 
<laughs> like, she, like, <laughs> like they're basically the PA is our monitors. You know what I mean? Like, the, <laughs> you know that yeah. was that was our practice. You know stuff, and it was our it was our roommates. Like, I mean, there were two bands, and it was uh, it was Dave's actually, and there were these lights in the speaker. I remember, like, when they're getting pushed too hard, and they were just glowing like a like a furnace. <laughs> he was so bummed mm-hmm. and they're just going to fall. So like the whole, like actually holding them was really more for his benefit. Cause he just thought they were going to go off and just, just splinter, you know, anyways. Yeah. Old days. That was around the time. Uh, uh, remember when OJ made a go for it? Remember oh God. Yeah. About and the Bronco. Yeah. That was OJ Bronco days. Cause I remember, uh, Oh shit. Cause I remember leaving work around that time. Like it was that same summer. Um, and I came home and yeah, he was over. He's the guy that told me about OJ making a run for it. But I remember <laughs> him telling me that and he wasn't bummed about the speakers anymore. That's the only reason why I remember that. Isn't it weird? The things that you remember. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. And he listened to no means no all the time. And he's like, I mean, yeah, it's, it's one of those things like you remember where you were when X, Y, or Z happened. Yeah, I was there when I was there when Kurt Cobain died. Where you were where at, at the, the gay bar at that record store. Oh, yeah. And that's where Wait, was it a record store or a gay bar? Well, there's two places. The record store, we put on shows at the gay bar, but. Bikini Kill didn't want to play at the gay bar. They didn't want to play at a bar. It had nothing to do with it being a gay bar. Had it had to do with it being a bar. They wanted to play like, right. uh, an all-ages place. And the gay bar was like 18 and over, you know, type of thing. Okay. Yeah. They wanted all people to be able to get in. So Which that's is cool. Super cool. Uh, I did some shows with Derek, the Homeless Gospel Choir. I hadn't really done any of this full all-ages shows yet. We did a bunch of them like two years ago. Yeah, it was fun. I hadn't done that in a long time. I always had played music that, yeah, was like, it's never really punk. Kind of. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it was like, it was, yeah. it was like, Adult contemporary punk rock, you know, when I was when I was young, you know, and now I'm just still doing the same thing, and now I'm an old guy, you know. Yeah, I mean, you make music for punks in their 30s and 40s, just like the Menzingers and Frank Turner. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, but I did that when I was 18 <laughs> too, is what I'm saying, you know. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. I think part of that, you know, like because I, I can relate to that in some ways. I have the urge to to make stuff that you know, people wouldn't like, and then I have the urge to make stuff that just like is fun to play and easy to listen to. And that, you know, is catchy and people like it. And I think part of that was, you know, writing catchy songs when I was 18 was a way to like, you know, you know, feel, feel more grown up and like be taken seriously by people a little bit older than you. Do you relate to that at all? Uh, I, I'm yeah, maybe, uh, I don't know. I just always just, this is just something of, you did. I just did it. We just played, yeah. you know, I just made up stuff and, uh, we didn't know how to play like anything other than what we played. You know what I mean? Like, I remember like the first times like we'd see like just super punk band, you know, that would play like that, just that fast, you know, that beat that sounds like it's, uh, going so fast. It starts like, it sounds like it's going backwards. 
I mean, that's what it sounds like to me, you know? And uh, I said that, uh, it's funny, I just posted a picture uh, today, you know, whenever the the memories, you know, pop up and it was a, it was one of those memories from like Facebook of a thing that had happened even a longer time ago. But my friend Derek from Lagwagon who passed away and uh, he's like the first person that we'd seen and met that like played like that kind of a beat. I'm like, what the fuck is that? You know, like I, I don't even know how to write a song like that, you know? And I was, I was like, I think I got one. I'm like, I'm like nah, that's weird. <laughs> that's not working. Hang on, wait a second. My wife's calling me. Hang on. Did I lose you? Hello? No, I'm still here. Yeah? You're supposed to be picking up the kids right now. Oh, I'm still doing an interview. Okay, well, they're at school waiting for you. Whoops. Do you need me to go over there? It's going to take me a while. Nah, I'm going to go over there. Please hurry. Um, Parker's mom is standing there with them. Okay. I fucked up. I'll they're be there. Like stranded. Okay. This is all going on no. the show. This is all in the show. Gotta go. Great. Okay. Later. I'm being a really bad dad. Gotta go. Uh, thanks for oh, talking no, to me. Oh, no, man. It's okay. John Snodgrass, the, the musician getting un, uh, interrupted by John Snodgrass, the dad. Gotta go do the thing. Sorry. No worries, man. Well, it's really awesome to have you on the show. I hope you have a great rest of your day. That's kind of an awesome way to end the episode, actually. Yeah, that'll be fun. <laughs> yes. Oh. oh, okay. See ya. Bye, John. See ya. Sorry. I oh, hey, John. Run. John. John. I really um, don't. Want it. Don't cl- don't close the window. Okay. Yeah, just leave it open. It's okay. got to upload. All right. Thanks. Later, guys. Thanks for See ya. me. What a guy, John Snodgrass, everybody. <laughs> so as you all heard, John had to exit the show um, very, uh, <laughs> very uh, uh, quickly <laughs> because he got a phone call from his wife uh, and was like, yo, man, um, you got to go pick the kids up from school. And he just like, you know, like the awesome dad he is, he just gets up and leaves. <laughs> And then whenever he realizes that we're still sitting there with microphones and being like, oh, uh, uh, okay. He's like, okay, guys, I got I to gotta go. And then he was like, this is staying in. You got to keep all this in. And so we did. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm really glad that we did that. Uh, it, was, it was a really interesting experience, um, to, to, to say the least. We've never had a show just end abruptly like that, but I think it was, uh, I think it was pretty funny. And, um, you know, I, <laughs> I, I've been excited to get this one out because it's just such a different episode. And um, I know that y'all will really enjoy this one. Uh, well, I hope you did. Sorry. I hope you did enjoy this episode because um, it was it was one of the ones I was looking forward to the most about recording. So uh, I, I I can't wait to um, to see what everyone thinks of this when it comes out. So please feel free to share this on social media, subscribe to our Patreon if you want, 
Um, follow us everywhere that you want to follow us. You know the drill. Thanks for listening to this episode with John Snodgrass. My name is Adrian Ash, and this is Fanatic. Fanatic.